Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Today's show is brought to you by Andy Matthews and Alistair Tremblay Birchall, sci-fi sketch comedy experience. I've done it again. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, just forgetting that the title of our comedy festival show this year doesn't have the word comedy in it. Yet every time he goes to say it, he's so confident. He acts, he's like, I got it this time. This one, I was like, I'm going to look Al dead in the eye while I do it as well. Because I, I, we... Guys, glimpse behind the curtain. This is the second attempt to start the podcast. I got it wrong last time. <laughs> but, <laughs> God. Look, the important thing is that the show is on between the 28th of March and the 8th of April. And I think there's comedy in it. Yeah, and I don't like to make any promises. <laughs> Yet, the entire thing is comedy. And I've seen... Most of the sketches, and mm. they are looking fantastic, and they're humorful. Yes, uh, and sci-fi full, sci-fi. They la- they laugh a minute. Mm. At least every minute you, there will yeah. be a laugh, and that laugh goes for a minute. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> so it's wall to wall laughs, but also door to door because from the moment you walk in, yes, to the moment you you stagger out. Gasping for air, yeah. calling for an ambulance. Yeah, it You'll will be, be laughing. laughing. Yes. And it's at 6.45. Uh, at West Space Gallery. West Space Gallery, uh, which is on... Um, Burke Street. Burke Street, right in between, Swan- to- <laughs> between Swanson and Russell. Yes. You know, And uh, if you go to the Comedy Festival website, comedyfestival.com.au, you can buy tickets there, or the link is in... The show notes. The show notes of Which this podcast. Which is like a, a beautiful little bit of podcast lingo, show notes, mm-hmm. like friend of the show, anything with show in it. I just like saying. Absolutely. Because what it is, is it's subtly trying to trick you into thinking that this is a show. Yeah, that's Instead right. of just a period of time with noise in it. That's right. Which, Vo- vocal noise. Vocal noise. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, we don't like to make promises. No. But vocal noise is something that we feel we can guarantee from in, this podcast. In both this podcast and Andy Matthews and Alistair Trombley virtual sci-fi sketch experience. Comedy. Damn it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Two in the Tink... Think Tank. The show where we come up with five, five sketch ideas. ideas. Five sketch ideas, Andy, I Alistair. Think, I think you made one of the, my favorite sounds you've ever made in that, in that opening yeah. song today. That kind of deep, kind of thrumming yeah. kind of a one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was a place you've never been. Yeah. You've, you've been where this man has never been before. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want you to know that this other man is impressed with you in a way he's never been. Yeah. 
Yeah. I might never be the first man on the moon, but I can be the first me on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> like that guy is such a loser. <laughs> this is like, this is sort of like a hundred years after yeah. sort of tur space tourism is around. Yeah, and he's a guy. He's always loved the idea of going on the moon, and he's he's maybe like the seventh billionth person to go up there. And <laughs> It's still special to me. Yeah. And well but that's the thing. By then, we'll be we'll have robots, we'll have drones, we'll have whatever. We'll be able to have a everyone will be able to have a television show that mm. broadcasts all of their own personal achievements. Yeah. So you'll you'll be able to get that, you know, broadcast back home. Absolutely. Right? You know, everybody they'll leave, you know, but assuming m most people will even want to watch it, like mm -hmm. most people will probably will They'll either be on their way to the moon or on their mm. way back from the moon, probably, mm. because that's just how frequently we'll be doing this thing. I was laughing at that guy from the point of view of somebody in that time who's already so bored with going up mm. onto the moon. And, 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 who's and this guy is really so excited. He's, he's sitting there. He's tapping his feet. He's whistling. He's really... He's, he's in the little shuttle, right? He, to be honest, he's still living, and I'm just... I've, I've checked out. Right. You know, he's like to be honest. He's the one who's actually got a good life. I'm, I'm, and I'm here so we are cynical. mocking him. I'm mocking him. I'm saying that he's a loser. But possibly he's the most alive person in there there will ever be. He's engaged with life. If Neil Armstrong yeah. <laughs> had said one small step for me, one giant leap for mankind, that would have been so much worse, wouldn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, me. <laughs> Like, I don't think you could say me on, on the moon. <laughs> me. I guess I'm the man on the moon now. Me. Moon man. <laughs> moon man Neil. <laughs> all, the, all the things that he said that they had to cut out of mm. the, the broadcast. I'm not making the broadcast. <laughs> He's just having too much fun. He loves it. That's right. Well, that's why they, a lot of the testing of astronauts is yeah. physical testing but it's it's you know like that th thing where you spin them around mm. you know you spin them around get them tested g's a lot of it is just to make them feel a bit nauseous so they're not kind of they're not too cheery when they get up there they sound professional and kind of like you, you always sound really professional when you're nauseous what about this? One of, the, one of the reasons they spin them around like mm. that is to make sure that they're not going to say, Wee! <laughs> that's, that's one of the tests. Yeah, I guess because, like, you know, like those, you, you can get those videos of like roller coasters or, mm. or those ones where pe people go up and they drop and people freak out and things yeah. like that. They must have to put astronauts through that kind of test so that, Surely. so that they make sure that they're not going to like have too good or too bad a time as they go up <laughs> into the space. I think, I think that's, I think that's a sketch. Like that the, you know, is it, what are we talking? Are we talking Cape Canaveral? Oh, yeah. Cape Canaveral, the old, uh, Astronaut training ground, assuming that's where that is. Great, great name for a cape, by the way. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and I, I think that so much of the uh, their, their testing is to find people who have a, like a, a boring enough or enough self control that they're not going to make the endeavour of going to the moon, man's first steps on the moon, seem childish and a little bit uh, self indulgent, because there's billions of dollars being spent here. 
And this is the space race. This is, you know, this is us versus Russia. Yeah. We can't, we can't afford to look like we're not taking it seriously. That's right. And it's, it's got to be like when, when you're a soccer player and you score a goal, you got to keep a straight face, not seem too excited. Mm. Right? Because that, that's how people know that you're good and they know right. that it's not a fluke. If you get too excited when you achieve something, people will be like, what did you think you weren't going to do it? Yeah. Like you should almost be bored. Mm. You, the, the, yeah, the thing is to kick the goal and you, you've already turned around, you're already walking away, you don't even wait to see if it goes in. Mm. Right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's like you go to the moon, you barely look out the window. Yeah. The the, the cheering is for is for the people on the sidelines. Sure. Right? The being happy. You yeah. are are so professional mm-hmm. that you're already focused on trying to get to you the guy on the moon's already focused on trying to get to Mars. Yeah. Yeah, he's thinking about the next. Yeah. Great. He was thinking about going to the moon when he was sort of, you know, I don't know, kind of like in taking an ice bath earlier. Yeah, he he's already enjoyed it back he's, then. Yeah, exactly. When he was in the ice bath. Just the idea of it is all he needs. Is the ice bath? Is that do you, you picture that's part of the training to I, like? I assume when you do a lot of physical uh, training, you got to take ice baths. Acquaint yourself with the cold. Yeah, acquaint yourself. Also, soothe your muscles. Mm-hmm. You know, like sports people, they after a big game, they get them to dunk in ice baths. That doesn't feel necessary. It feels a little bit mean. Well, it seems like it's a, it's a sports science people seem to think it does something. It makes them, I'll tell you what it does, yeah. it makes them not look too childish, too much childish glee. Well, from my own inside knowledge yes. of some sports people, they do get in with some childish glee sometimes. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to say sports people are just like everybody else, except for... Male footballers of any code. I think that they're almost all exclusively sociopaths. Bad, bad people. <laughs> How much fun is it calling somebody a sociopath? It's really fun. I don't necessarily believe it when I say it all. No, the time. no, me and me neither. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. But I mean, it makes you feel very sort of clever. Oh yeah. And also makes you feel like not a sociopath. I'm just feeling bad for having said that everybody who plays football is a bad person. No, Alistair, I, I reckon you stand by it. You think I should? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, what, do you know anybody who plays football? Then where's the harm? No, but, I mean, look, to be honest, it's just sports people. It's kind of like, you know, like with, with, it's, it's, it's like with heavy metal musicians, right? They're talking sure. about death and things like that. Mm. But in the end, they're just an artist, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you know, people who do treat, who write crime novels, you know, they're dark and stuff. Talking about death. Death, you know, murder, <laughs> hacking. They're just, a, they're just an artist. You know, so, so no matter how cool you are, you're still just coming up with little ideas. That's your job. Just coming up with little ideas. Little ideas. Little thinking ideas, about. Think of an idea. Thinking about whether or not they're good, whether people will like them. Yep, getting rid of the ones that you think people won't like, putting in some ones that you think people will yeah. like. And the same way of being a tough guy when you're a sports person, it's like, well, look, to be honest, you're mostly just kind of like a, a dancer. Mm. It's, it's, it's inter- like, like you know, when you put, think, put it like that, that mm. you know, that, uh, <laughs> that writing a novel or something is just the art of just putting in ideas. Mm. Right? It makes it sound exactly the same as flower arranging. 
That's right. You know, you just pick some ones, you mm -hmm. prune them a little bit, you put them in the right place. I feel yeah. like if you were really good at flower arranging, you'd yeah. probably be really good at writing a novel. Well, I mean, you know, to be honest, like when you're writing a book or anything, right, you're, you're given a certain number of, of ideas by your mind. God. God lives in your mind. Yeah. God has a direct connection to your mind and he feeds you all your ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you have to just sort through that and organize that into something, mm. right? That's kind of mostly the job of writing a thing. And, and very much like, a, like an artist, uh, like, a, like a flower ranger who's walking through a field. Yes. Picking, you know, what, begonias, uh, what are those birds of paradise ones. Yeah, are oh, they good? Um, yeah, dandelions. Sure. Or you could leave those. I guess a, a I, I picked some dandelions the other day, put them in a little uh, vase at home with some other stuff that I picked from the side of the path. Looked fine. <laughs> Looked good. It might not have been the best. Uh, it might not have been the best flower arranging I've no. ever seen, but it's the best flower arranging I've ever done. Yes, me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who did it. How strange is it, Alistair? Mm. That like. You can have somebody put words into your head and then they go into your brain. And then you can also get words out of your head and put them back out of your, of, of your brain. Yeah, like this. Get like, them out of your brain you put them back out again. Like tortellini dog. Yeah. So those are ones you got out of your brain yeah. and you put in. Here, I'm yeah. going to put some in your but brain. But now they're in your brain. Oh, now they're in my brain, yeah. yeah. So. What do you see when you see tortellini dog? I, I well I, I don't really know what tortellini is so I actually I'm sorry I picture it's a kind of it's kind of picture like, a cannelloni. I don't I don't know what it oh you mean the tube one the tube okay wait I just had an idea I had to say but you might have an idea I don't have any ideas Alistair. Okay, I idea. hope that's clear yeah well when we were talking about flower arranging and sort of those other things what about the bad boy of flower arranging I think that's a really good idea you know yeah um, well I mean here's the thing that I've never seen done mm -hmm. stick the flowers in upside down. All the flower bits are down in the vase. All the stems are poking out. Yeah. Already, <laughs> I have literally and metaphorically turned the world of flower arranging upside down. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is exactly the kind of thing he would do. Mm. Or she. Yeah. I mean, I picture a, a situation in which she th throws the flowers on the ground, gets into the vase herself. Right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I think that could definitely be done. See, this is this is my problem why I, I picked a he here. Yes. Because I felt like I was like, oh, well, you traditionally imagine a flower ranger to be a woman. I'll be a little bit, uh, mm. you know, do a twist of on that. It's a man. And then I realized, but then we have so many men in all our sketches. And also what you've done there is you've made the per the interesting person shaking up the industry a man, whereas <laughs> all the women currently in the industry are doing it boringly. Well, I so didn't if anything, say that. that's worse. No, no, I said bad boy, and that's probably where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, we can have the bad girl of flower arranging. Yeah, the bad girl of fl flower arranging. Okay, mm. uh, so upside down in the vase, you know, or uh, you know, I mean, just laying like a flower across the top of the vase like that, like it's planking. Oh yeah, you know, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. What she's done is she smashed up the vase, ground it down into like a fine powder, right? Yeah. She snorted it all up her nose. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sneezed it back out onto the wall. Into the shape of a flower. Yeah. We, like she just held like a... She held like a... Like a <laughs> <laughs> she held like a uh, 
a sunflower in front of her mouth or something like that. Oh, or, that's or good. Or a rose. Yeah. And sneezed. And then all the bits of vase yeah. sprayed around it and left the silhouette of the flower. Yeah, of a flower. And it stuck to the wall. Fuck, she's good. This is incredible. I'm, yeah. I'm actually quite excited <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> this is actually really doing some good stuff for flower hinging world. I, Not for her sinuses, but bloody hell. No, but it doesn't matter. Well, she's putting her body on the line. A lot of... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of flower arranging people won't do that. No, to be honest. Yeah, the worst thing that they get is a nick with the secateurs. Or maybe a prick from a rose. Does every rose have a, have its thorn? No. No? No, I'm pretty sure there are roses that don't have thorns. It really makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah. Does that kind of affect that metaphor then, that every rose have, has its thorns? So yeah, it's that, incomplete. Because so then, then, then that means that... Um, I guess when you're saying every rose has its thorns, you're saying that kind of every person has their their edge or their things that kind of hurt people, right? Although I suppose that, you know, if a rose doesn't have its thorn, mm. metaphorically, that must sting the person who wrote the song, every rose has its thorn. So yeah. in that sense, it has a thorn. That is its thorn. Mm. Yeah. In and a sense. In a sense, yeah. Alistair. Yeah, they're not very accurate. Sure. I mean, I just like the idea that maybe it was to suggest, you know, so it suggests that every beautiful, you know, no matter how beautiful you are, mm-hmm. you still have some, you know, dark edges that, you know, sharp edges mm-hmm. that kind of can be uh, piercing and hurt people or whatever. Uh, but then the idea of that, and then you, you think about how there's some people who actually in real life don't. They're just beautiful, wonderful people. And then also they never hurt people. They sound like jerks. I know, but then, but isn't it kind of like that's fun to kind of to to put that to people who use this idea that every person has their thorns and hurt people, mm. and you go, actually, not everybody does that. You just yeah, some people are good. Some people are just good, pretty they're, much all the nice, time. Nice, consistently nice. Not me though. <sighs> no, and you know, and I, I I genuinely do feel though suspicious of people who are who are too nice, and I'm not sure if that um, oh. makes me worse. Probably it does. I, I I always will think that somebody who's too nice is probably conservative and a bad person mm. anyway. Mm. And they're they're nice, but then they don't realize that they're being bad in way, in ways. Right. Like old. I, I said today I saw an old lady sort of judge a um, a young girl. Like I saw her like judging eyes on the length of a of a younger girl's skirt. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, and then I think, well, see, that lady probably considers herself a very nice person, and and in a way, she's judging because she's trying mm. to keep the world in a, you know, in quotes, a, a good place. And while uh, she is looking at that young girl's legs mm-hmm. and thinking that's a shameful thing that you should keep hidden, really, she's exposing her own judgmental personality, which we believe is a shameful thing that she should keep hidden. Yes, and then yes, someone's looking at me. Oh no, looking at that lady. <laughs> Maybe it's a dog. <laughs> Maybe the dog is looking at me. Yeah, and it's probably not, you know, not recognizing anything really. <laughs> it any doesn't value. understand at all yeah. what's happening. It sees color and motion. No, it doesn't even see color, does it? it just no. sees sort of motion. It just sees motion. Shapes. It doesn't even see shapes. It just knows that things are moving. Mm. I don't know how many people can be so confident they know what dogs see. Even whether or not dogs can see colour. 
Right? Yeah, how... Are we sure? Is the amount of cones? Is that what it is? The amount of cones? It must also be like... You, you could do some experiment where you present them with two objects, yeah. which, while different colours, in black and white, have exactly the same shade, right? right? And you could do some kind of a test to see whether or not they can detect... The difference Man, between it those? just feels like know. black and white is something we invented. Yeah. Did we invent that? When we came up with television. Like, it feels like it would be harder to invent a black and white camera than it would to invent a color right, camera. Right, because you've got to change the picture yeah. from being what it actually is. <laughs> like, that should be a more advanced thing that we came up with later on. We've, this is incredible. We found a way to take the color out of photography. Yeah. How did you take the color out? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the world has just changed. We've fundamentally, like, that is <laughs> editing. It's like it's the sort of thing that should be a Photoshop mm. kind of trick or something. People would be amazed. Oh, they should, wow. in, they, they should invent a feature on Photoshop that allows you to make things black and white. They should. I guess what it is, right, is that the, ca- the camera, the original camera developing thing was only, like, it was just activated by the energy of visible light of, like, photons yeah, or whatever. Right. And so the individual colours... Didn't, didn't have anything to detect specific wavelengths. Or... Do you think that there's a way that this can be a sketch idea? Like, I mean, how do you, how do you kind of set it up so that you're in a world where pho- color photography exists, but, mm. but black and white photography had never existed, and that it's actually a more advanced thing? Well, I mean, do you think, let's say you'd never seen anything that was black and white mm-hmm. before, right? And you... Then somebody shows you a photo of something that's black and white. Would you even be able to recognise what the thing was, or would you be like, "What's that? What's that supposed to be?" I don't because, so, because colour is such a big part of the way in which we recognise mm, things. Yeah, and we're used to always recognising things with colour. Just seeing sort of the shapes and black and white in front of you, would you be like, "What is this?" I feel like maybe I would. Yeah, probably. Probably, because I think I've, I'm, I've been always amazed about by how much a, a two-year-old is capable of recognizing, mm. and it seems like they're pretty good at everything already. Yeah. Two-year-olds. So if they can do it, I reckon I could do it. That's good on you, Alistair, Andy, for believing in yourself. With um, <laughs> this, I don't know, this is a really weird question, but you were saying that they, with black and white photography, they were just getting an imprint of the amount of energy. Yeah. Do you think you could, that could be done with sound? Get, get Is there a, black and white sound where you're just getting the energy? Of the amount of sound. Of the amount of sound, but not the... Is that more like a seismograph? Oh, God. Um, is, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I can't get my head around this question. I like feel like I'm trying to grasp it, but it's it's slipping away from me, Alistair. Sure. What would that even be? I don't, you know. Yeah. I guess. I, I guess you would. What? <laughs> is it like that? Is, it, is that it? <laughs> so you're just getting the sound of the the, the increase in the magnitude, but not the. Um, Oh, okay. Maybe this. Not the individual frequencies. <laughs> that, that's like black and white sound because you're just getting the the uh, the oscillating, mm-hmm. but you're not getting the uh, 
an equality of anything. Yeah, I think I think possibly there's also something about like amplitude modulation, like like when you just get the envelope that is yeah the outline of the waveform rather than the individual. Do you know about Fourier? Like what his Fourier idea was? Fourier transforms. It's yeah. he's saying that every uh, wavelength is made every, up of, every, of small sine waves. Yeah, of every like every waveform can yeah. be broken up into an, a sum, an addition of different uh, sine waves, different yeah. simple sine waves. And so those simple sine waves can all be described by simple equations and then you just sort of add them all together and you can get any any sound waveform. Any and is sound. that how radio works? Not just any sound as well, though, because you can do it with photography. You can turn the data in a photograph into uh, these kinds of things. Yeah, right. It's incredible. It's crazy. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I think it's how a lot of digital stuff works. I realized I was learning about this at university, and when it started, uh, it just seemed so complicated. I completely switched off and did not allow myself to learn any of it. Wow. Yeah. Well, good on you for taking a stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't out of it wasn't out of brave, brave. No, I think it was very brave. Yeah, good on you. All right, Andy. No, we, we've, we've reached the bottom of um, the barrel, yeah. I think. As soon as you start talking about Fourier transforms, you know that there's nowhere else to go, really. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay, Alastair, what about this? Right? Yeah. You know how you can sometimes you're walking around a market and I there's someone it. there who's got a camera and they're like, oh, who, they'll take a photograph of you, right? Maybe it's like some kind of Polaroid camera. They'll develop it on the spot. Have you ever seen this? It's mm. like, you know, maybe it's a thing from that has died out since digital, but I definitely remember there being people who would do this at the market when I was a kid. And they would sell it to you? They would sell it to you on yeah. the spot, right? So they offer to take a photo and it comes out of the back of their machine or whatever and then they'll sell it to you on the spot, mm. right? Have we done something like this, mm-hmm. right, where it's just somebody, <laughs> they'll just describe you. Just like right. give give, their, give you their impression of you. Yeah, give you an, give you an impression of what you're like as a person. Yeah. I guess we, no, we sort of did this last week, didn't we? With the booth that just judges you, <laughs> gives you an objective judgment on what you're like. Alistair, forget it. We've done exactly this concept on the previous episode of the podcast. <laughs> what about like <coughs> somebody who writes you a birthday card? Yeah, God. <laughs> 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 so like. You know, you you just go through the markets and they go, yeah. got a birthday coming up, got a birthday coming up, got I, some birthdays. I don't know if you, it's, it, they even, you have to ha- you even have to have a birthday no, coming up, okay. right? They'll just write you a birthday card. Maybe they'll even just throw you a, sh- a quick little birthday there on the spot. Just six bucks? Six bucks, six buck birthday. Yeah. Right? Well, you you can, have a birthday. Yeah. And it's like instead of st- stepping out mm. for a cigarette or something like that, yeah. you pop out for a birthday. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Because what is it? It's just a f- like a birthday. It's a, it's a fun, special little treat for you. Mm. Okay. Oh so. yeah, that's right. And they and, and it's just like they have a little tent, kind of you know, like those little hot dog stands with the umbrella, mm-hmm. like that. But the the umbrella has like sort of longer drapes. Mm. So you go inside and it's just all decorated for you. Yeah. Like that, and he's got a <laughs> kind of soundy thing. And he goes, uh-huh, and he plays a backing track. Uh, happy birthday to you. <laughs> like that. And, uh, happy birthday to, what was your name again? What is it? <laughs> Jessica. Jessica. Happy birthday 
to you. Now, do you want um, for his jolly good fellow is extra two dollars? Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, we got the cake. Oh, so you got cheesecake or chocolate cake or uh, juice to muffin. You could take a muffin with muffin mm. brand. Some people like brand. And then we can, we, but also if you want a bit cheaper, we can just bring out the cake. Mm-hmm. And we pretend like you're going to cut it, but then uh, we we, don't, you don't we actually stop. cut the cake. And I can save it for another person. Yeah. It's just, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really fun. The guy who runs a birthday stand. Yeah, birthday stand. But also, like, there's something in the idea as well of, like, the idea of popping out like you would for a cigarette. Like, that people would have a tiny little self-contained box or something like that that is like a little birthday box, right? So instead of mm-hmm. a, a packet of cigarettes, you get this thing out of your out of your jacket pocket or whatever you open it up right it all opens and there's a tiny little piece of cake in there and there's a little party popper and maybe a candle or something and there's a little thing that plays a happy birthday sound wow so it feels like something they would have in japan yeah and you just like pop out for a birthday sometimes you go and have four or five birthdays in a day (laughs) you're like (laughs) somebody's left a few birthdays in your house yeah gonna have some birthdays you have a few birthdays today i think that like you know you're People could get addicted to it. I also think I wrote down on my hand while you were talking. Yeah. Somebody who's addicted to surprises, right? <laughs> we have this idea of like that 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 surprises are a little bit like heroin or something, mm. right? And you, like it starts out as being something that somebody might experience on like a a big night or something like that, or like a a surprise you know, party. Cause surprise the party. Surprise sure, party. Sure. But then, like, they really they have such a good time mm. and they want it again and again and again. Yeah. And then, like, you know. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. They get to this desperate point where, like, they're just, like, lying in a gutter, just turning one of those jack-in-the-boxes <laughs> or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, and like, They don't even really feel it anymore, Yeah, because right? they're like, oh, after a while, you just know how many spins it takes before yeah. the jack-in-the-box comes. But then I guess it doesn't quite work because you would need more and more intense surprises, wouldn't you, to be able to achieve the same oh, rush no, to so- feel as good. Sure, but sometimes you're just getting what you can take. Yes. You know? So then maybe sometimes you just... <sighs> you're, go- you're walking around, like, blind corners, just hoping to r- end up face-to-face with somebody. Yeah. Or you're um, mm. or driving on the wrong side of the road around bl- blind corners and going, ah, like that, and turning back onto the right side of the road last second. Well, this is an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> They've got to, got to try and like, or just a, like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you're having to create your own surprises, sure. there is an element in which you do have to kind of be putting yourself in s- yeah. scenarios where people are jumping out of nowhere. But I guess... Creating your own surprises is a different thing to what it would be in, like, if you were in a drug situation where, mm. a, like, a surprise dealer would be somebody who would come around to your house and would have little ways of surprising you, right? So, you know, whether it be... <laughs> I mean, I love the idea of the surprise dealer coming around and he keeps, like, pulling things out of his jacket and he goes, 
like you know he might be like oh anyway so thanks you know like he do, he's already given you your sort of your main surprise or yeah. whatever like that and he goes anyway so you know thanks for having me um I just uh oh I'm so itchy back here I just what's this oh it's a cigar for you <laughs> you go oh my god a cigar you go you can keep that. <gasps> So nice. You're good. You're good. <laughs> like that, and he goes into your. He goes into the bathroom or something like that, and he yeah. comes out, and he's got a full cake. <laughs> like, oh my god, what's that? My favorite. He goes, yeah. He goes, Jesus. Yeah. How did then, you even? You didn't even have a backpack or anything. Where'd you keep that? Then he leaves, right? And then he sneaks around the side of the house, and he just stands <laughs> next to the window with a knife until <laughs> you see him. And, yeah. Oh. She opens the curtains. She's like. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> He goes, oh, my God, you're good. You're good. Oh, I'm giving you a tip. You, you tip a dealer? You, yeah, well, a good one. Yeah, that's true. Surprise, um, surprise addict. Yes. Could be an app, Alistair. Could and be, a, could be a, you know, an Uber of surprises. An Uber of surprises? Mm. Oh, yeah. That's true. Like, as in, it's a, it's a company... That sells people who surprise you, but they hugely underpay them. I guess that yes, they, <laughs> they thwart they thwart sort of um, labor laws. Labor laws. That's what's really surprising. Mm. <laughs> or the person shows up and they go, "Actually, I'm getting paid minimum wage." You go, "Oh my god, that's such a surprise!" Uh, it's not true. <laughs> yeah. They'd have to show up and be uh, being paid actually quite well, and yeah. they're not doing it as like a second job that they do after a day of working at Coles. But that's funny because Uber people, you know, people who drive Ubers are like, oh, you know, the middle-aged men or whatever mm. who are like, oh, just it's great to have, you know, lots of people to talk to and things like that. I really enjoyed it. It's a great way to spend my time. But these people are like, oh, it's just great to go out there and be able to, like, uh, scare the absolute bejesus out of people in, in exchange for money. It's not a lot, but, you know, yeah. I'd be doing it anyway. As, as, a, as a dealer, would they? It's because the trope is that dealers want to stick around, right? Mm-hmm. Would it be like, do you mind if I just stay here and just surprise myself a little? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Can I smoke some of that cigar with you? Or like whatever he surprises them with. He goes like, um, you've got, here's a, a three-day holiday in Acapulco, Mexico. Mm. You know, do you mind if I come? Yeah. Because I, I imagine for them, it would be genuinely surprising if somebody said yes. I'm a former addict, and I feel like that's a that's a thing that kind of gets me off a little bit too. Mm. Still, you know, like that's the thing that kind of keeps me going. I don't really, I don't really go for the hard stuff anymore. Yeah, I don't shock myself these days. I guess that's the problem: is that once you've you become addicted to surprises, the way only way that you can afford to keep getting surprised all the time is to become a surprise dealer yourself. Yeah, and then after a while, you would have seen everything, and that's mm. when it's really hard for you. Yeah. But then and then a... you can only be surprised by genuine moments of human connection and kindness. Wow. Yeah. It's really, uh, what we're describing sounds a lot like that movie with Michael Douglas. The game? The game. I know. Well, that, there was an element of that that I was going to mention early on. You know, oh, I wish I could, uh, I could have my first time again. But I think this is kind of, it's a, it's a bit more quirky. You know, I think, um, who's that guy who does all the, the films with all the colors and... Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. The films with all the colours. Yeah. Well, it was good enough to get you... Oh, very good use of colours. 
I liked how you put all the colours in the movie, Wes. Yeah. I mean, wait, wait, who's who's the who's the only other guy I know who uses that much colour? It's that Japanese guy who did this. You know, that Akira Sarawa or whatever. Nagasaki. I I apologise to anybody from Japan. Uh, I don't know enough about Japan. Um, but look, you know more than me because you know that there is a guy who uses a lot of colours in his movies. Yeah, he's that really old old one. Uh, I think he, I think he might have done the original Seven Samurai. Oh wow, yeah, right. Yeah, but was that you know, black and white? <laughs> I mean, he was doing colours after that, maybe. Okay, I can't sure. remember. I can't remember. I think it might have been colour. I think I think you know. An Oscar for best colours is quite, <laughs> quite appealing to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Wes would win it all the time. Wes every year. Yeah, uh, it's Wes. Wes again. Best colour. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there is an Oscar that's not that far from that. Probably. There's so many weird technical ones. Yeah. Is there even like a whole separate... I feel like there might be a whole separate Oscars thing for technical awards. Is that the case? I know that there's at least one awards thing that they do. Might yeah. not be the Oscars, but I know that it occurs over like two days. And on the first day, they give out a whole lot of really specific industry in awards. Hmm. Okay. And then the second one is the one that everybody watches and loves. I know the, the Australian one is done over two days. That AFI is... Right, sure. The... Maybe that's it. Maybe hmm. the first day of that is the one that's like... We won't televise this one. You can, it's yeah. okay. You can all come out of the shadows. We'll give you an award for best second unit catering. <laughs> I mean, an I Oscar hope, for the catering. I hope an Oscar for the catering. <laughs> It'd be so great to be one of the judges for that. How good would that be? Absolutely. They send you like a, a whole. They send you because you know, like if if you're in the academy, they just send you boxes of DVDs that you yeah. need to watch. And the idea that they would send you <laughs> a lot of frozen of, meals of food from the different ta- catering tables. Yeah, I think that's a that's a sketch. Yeah, idea, yeah, definitely. Um, oh, I have been on a few TV sets, and uh, the catering is the best thing about the industry. And there's no reason it has to be that good. I know. Any and other job that you're on, you have to buy your own lunch. Yeah. Bring it in or whatever. But this, that they make you cooked meals mm-hmm. three times a day. Yeah. And that there's just <laughs> tables of, like, you know, sweet buns and, mm. and chips and, and muffins and fruit oh, yeah. platters and cheese. Last one I was on, they got got you know served like a nice chicken stir fry type thing, or like a and then as well as like a quiche. And it, a, it, they should know that we don't eat this well at home. Yeah, right. Like that, there should be no requirement for them to have to provide us better food than we would provide ourselves. Yeah, no, they should be able to keep us alive. So gruel. Yeah. yeah. Well, like or just like they just look at you. They make a quick judgment of like. What would you have made for yourself if you were in this situation? You would have reheated some noodles and you would have put some mm. a can of beans on top of it. Yeah, uh, you would. Like, I mean, that's that's even generous. Yeah, right. I mean, like, what's some of the most... I didn't say you'd take the beans out of the can, Alistair. Oh, great, thank you. I just put the can on some noodles. Noodles, yeah. All of that noodles and beans, Andy, is a real... It's, a, it's bold. I've only done it once. Yeah. But... Uh, 
you know, friend of the show, Matt Stewart, yeah. when we were living together, you and me and yeah. him, I think that was a thing that he would make relatively often. For kind of like a bean sauce for uh, for pasta uh, for noodles. Oh, like pasta noodles. I'm picturing yeah. like two minute noodles, kind of like Asian noodles. No. And I'm picturing baked beans, like a can of like English no. style. No. No. What Matt would make almost for every meal was like a sort of just a vegetarian spaghetti sauce. Yeah, but it would have beans. It just had everything. Of, yeah, just so it. that he could get some nutrition. <laughs> Yeah, and then he would have. And it what Alistair would make for every meal was not make a meal and then expect me to make him dinner. Is that what I would do every day? No, not expect. That's probably a bit strong. But I did make you a lot of dinners. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess sometimes you were just making dinners, and I was like, yeah. "Well, he's in. making the dinner anyway." <laughs> Look, Andy. I know we all we all know deep down I'm not a great person. No, that's that's not what this is about. No, this is about me being a better no, you're person. You're really than you. you definitely are a good person. <laughs> I mean, you know, and as a good person, you should get to enjoy it in some way. It's not fair that Thank good you. people who are good people can't boast about it and get. That's to, what heaven is. Do you think that's what heaven? <laughs> I will think be? that's what heaven is. If you are good in your life. Then you get to go to heaven and you get to just boast about it and you get to meet all the people. Yeah. Because I think it's shit that you go to heaven as a good person yeah. and then all the bad people go to hell and you don't get to sort of make a big deal of it or mm. rub it in in any way. Yeah. Uh, hopefully like, there's a phone line between the two or yeah, something. or a, a Some bit. sort of satellite link up or something yeah. like that. Because... Because, I mean, it must be... Like, it'd be great to be in that heaven and be able to go... Actually, I do think I am a hero. Yeah. You know? It's so nice to finally be able to say it. But, you know, obviously you got to get through the gates first. Yeah, you know? sure. You can't admit it when you're on Earth. You know, you're only there for 100 years and could be eternity in fires mm-hmm. of hell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously you keep it to yourself. You All think right. it a little bit, but even... But now we're in, just mm. quietly, this guy. Yeah. Who's got, who's got th- two thumbs and deserves this. Tell you what. All those orphans I take took care of, they did not deserve it. <laughs> I mean, I really stuck in there yeah. against my own better judgment just so that I could get into this place. They don't tell you this, but orphans, not good people. Not good people. Not good people. Tell you what, somebody should talk to their parents. <laughs> um. And that's exactly the kind of joke that I could not do down there that was burning me up. That whole time, keeping that in. Not even really admitting it to myself, because you don't know what he can see, you know? So I reckon he can get in there. Just, just, just rifle that through, head. Your, through your subconscious. It would be great if you could wear, like, a Magneto-style helmet that so allows God, God, God can't get in. <laughs> I guess that's, you know, that would be the benefits of discovering that there actually was a God, because then you could scientifically test... Mm. Start testing what he can and can't affect and what he can and can't see. I think see. that's a really good sketch. <laughs> right? Like, so we've we've discovered that there is a God. We've been able to detect him with science and we've been able to find the ways in which he can control us and monitor us and that sort of thing. And then, I guess, sh- shops start popping up or whatever, like those spy shops. Mm. Yeah, they always seem to have a flashing light in the window. Yeah, it's where you can get like tiny cameras that you can hide around yeah. your house and pens that you can record voice with. Yeah. 
and it's all that it's all little gadgets and gizmos that have been built with sort of god <laughs> god uh, god proof technology you know like kind of like an end to end encryption kind of thing so that you can send messages that god, god can't read <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you reckon God can break end-to-end encryption? Can he read WhatsApp? Yeah, I mean, I wonder, can he? Because <laughs> I'm sure he could access... Telegram like, or whatever that know. one is that like journalists signal? use. Signal? Um, I mean, you need s- such strong processing power. Mm. What is it would take... Like, encryption works because it would just take a million years for... Or even in like yeah, like a million years to be able to do the math that mm. it takes to figure out what two prime numbers were used. Yeah, in the two because it's a two hundred digit uh, number, I think. Right. That, that that you have to figure out what two prime numbers were multiplied together to yeah, figure it's it crazy. out. And so there's just and, and it's amazing that it's it's like it's left unlocked because mm. you know what it needs to use. Like, you know that it's made up of two prime numbers. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's, that's all it is, right? But it's, so it's almost like they've left, like, the door unlocked. Mm. But you just have to do this working out, and the working out, there's just too much of it. It's just a really, really long corridor. Mm. It's like if you left your house door unlocked, but you, you put sort of 50,000 newspapers laid in front of the door. Because God could like, it would be interesting if okay. So this is the this is the God exists scenario, right? He, up until the invention of encryption, mm. reading people's messages and people's thoughts would have been very straightforward. Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. you just look at what they are, or if there is any kind of code, it's like change every letter back one letter in the alphabet or something, which is like. Processing-wise, God could do really, really quickly. Yeah. But, like, in the last 10, 15 years, mm. the amount of processing that God has to do to be able to monitor everybody's communication would be insane. Look, I just don't think that he could do those kind of calculations in his head uh, instantaneously like that. And where is the processing power come from? And this is what these scientists would be able to figure out. Mm. Mm. And um, then maybe they could harness it. His processing power, yeah. and then they could use God's brain to yes, mine, mine Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> That's everyone's goal. <laughs> Do you think God is is mining Bitcoin <laughs> with his brain? I mean, if he's not, he's he's really letting down the church. Yeah, because they're you know they're not making as much as they used to through collection plates. <laughs> um, I mean. Yeah, he's you know he's he knows everything. Omnicognizant. He's all powerful. <laughs> what what I would do with that processing power, you know, if I had it, you know, and he's tapped into some eternal energy. Mm. So we're not we're not using up. You know, we're not burning coal, coal and sort of. I hope not. Yeah. To to use. He's got solar powered or something like that. I, su- I suppose. I, I think. I assume if he's getting his energy from another dimension. That, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, or maybe maybe he's the sun. Maybe God is just the sun. Let's go back to that. I, th- I don't think you know. I think the Egyptians might have been onto something. Well, I mean, it's the it's the most logical thing of where like the origin of a god comes from because mm. we get all our energy from it. And he's mm. the responsible. It's responsible for all creation. Blah blah blah. 
right? It's, mm. it's pretty likely. It, 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 it creates day. It, mm. You know, you could you could believe early on that maybe that was the reason why you exist. Like, you know, that that, that, that it was matter from the sun that the earth could have come from. Yeah. And like... It's up above you. Mm. Feeling warm is nice. Yeah. I got no further questions. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That is just, that's God. Do you think that the Catholic Church could come out with this clarification at this point? We've looked into everything mm. and we've decided that. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess maybe that's why they were so upset. The Catholic Church was so upset when they found out that sort of earth was going around the sun rather than the sun going around. Because it kind of mm. just, it was more like God was just circling us mm. and watching us and keeping an eye on us. But I guess at that point they still weren't admitting that they thought that the sun was the God. It's, pr- it's probably the sun, just quietly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the idea that like somewhere in the in the religious hierarchy, they're like, look, just quietly, we, we all know it's the sun. It's the sun. God is actually the sun. I don't know why we keep pretending it's some like invisible thing. He's the sun. Yeah. Well, we can't tell people that because then people know that they, he can't see you when it's not. Yeah. <laughs> We've had to make up this whole thing of like it's a guy and he can see everything. It's the sun. Night is a free-for-all. But <laughs> church. <laughs> church is secretly secretly yeah. we're trying to hide it all but he's <laughs> the sun. he can't even see you when you go inside <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he can look through a window oh, do you close the curtains the Pope the Pope the other day, when he was talking about God, he actually said, son, I mean God. That's why we've had to cover this whole Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing. that's right. (laughs) Say that the Son is is God. God, yeah. (laughs) That was just a cover for one slip up in like the year 200. It's created a lot of wars, a lot of problems (laughs) for us, but we got past it. Nobody seems to be thinking that God is the Son. (laughs) Uh, Alistair, we've got a bunch of sketches. You want to take us through them? Um, yes. Uh, I was gonna, we're going to do another one. We're going to do a three-word one, but I think we'll just do it next week. We'll do that next week. Next week. We've got some um, three words from one of our listeners yeah. supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. But uh, we can't squeeze it in today because now we actually have to. We've, we've gone on for so long. We, must, we absolutely must go. Um, and then currently this is the only one in the, in the lineup right now. You know, there's other people can come in and, right. and support. You're in the gun. Yeah, but, the, you know, okay. So here we got... Uh, two in the think tank, one, two, two. It's uh, the first first uh, sketch idea is the silly things cut out from the moon broadcast. Uh, you know, any time, you know, like Neil Armstrong would have said, squeak. <laughs> you know, they had to cut that out. And, 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 and that's, and then you go behind that and you see that the, the training that goes into making sure that these people uh, and the selection process to make sure, to make sure these people have the kind of personality that, uh, doesn't let them be too joyous or silly and things yeah. like that. And they have to make sure that uh, they look stern because it's just important that we look like we're taking this seriously. Yeah, so I guess they would present them with like a series of cuter and cuter animals or yeah. something like that, and they just have to maintain mm-hmm. a, a, uh, a, a placid visage. Po- poker face. Poker face. Although placid visage, let's call George Andy. That's a great <laughs> band name. Um, George, who produces the podcast, who we've been trying to come up with a name for his band for 
and know, six months. Six months. And he's not enjoying the process at all, yeah. I gotta tell you. And he doesn't like having people telling him ideas for names for bands. But anyway, his mobile phone yeah. number. <laughs> Um, so all right, that's the first. Then we got the uh, the bad girl of flower arranging. Yep, she's just really fucking it up. Right. Uh, I like the idea that even she she uh, she crushes the vase and and flowers together. Mm. Right. Brings them down to a, like a, a a synthetic biologist who uses the atoms from those to create a new a new living seed mm. plants it creates the flower like that from that and that's her arrangement and the the flower is a vase <gasps> blooms out of the stem or she just throws seeds at people yeah yeah it's airborne it's it's a fan that's just bl- holding seeds up up in the air she eats the seeds shits them out shits them out <laughs> plays them on the table into a tupperware container yeah. there you go puts them in, on the table at your wedding that's the arrangement Oh, that's great that she because I'd pictured her just doing flower shows, but the idea that she gets hired for oh yeah weddings. <laughs> We've got this one. She's very experimental. The, apparently. Idea, the, the bouquet that the that the bride carries is yeah. just a Tupperware with a turd in it. <laughs> that's really great. Um, hey, if any listeners do have a suggestion for a band name for George, tweet it in. Yeah, to tweet us. <laughs> tweet us in band names for George. Two in tank two, on has, Twitter, yeah, and tank. we'll we'll pass them on to him. Hashtag band name for George. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy who runs a birthday stand. Yeah, yes. I think that's great. Um, we've got surprise addict and junkie. And oh, also, I said junkie, but I meant uh, not junkie. He's a dealer. Yeah. So there's, yeah, so people who become addicted to surprises, mm. maybe uh, often after a surprise party, and then uh, their life thereafter trying to have more surprises happen to them. Sort of originally, you know, they try to make those scenarios happen, but then eventually they have to sort of pay somebody to surprise them. and mm. Or when that's, you know, when they run out of money, then they just have to start putting themselves in real, real dangerous scenarios yeah. where... You know, they're driving on the wrong, wrong side of the road uh, around blind corners, hoping that a car will just appear. Yeah, crash into them, and that's called an overdose on surprise. Yeah. <laughs> um, when the dealer uh, <laughs> wants to do some with you, mm. he says, I don't have a problem with getting surprised off my own supplies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I hope he does say that. Yeah. Um, then there's this is a, then there's a little story about the judge, one of the judges for the Oscars for the best catering. Yeah, I, and I, you know maybe that's not a whole sketch in and of itself, but if there's a bunch of other equivalent things, I think a lot of these like that are, you know, they're it's these kind of character pieces where you know you're just with this person at their home, and then he's talking about how you know that they had done a thing you know back in you know I don't know they. They had been a caterer themselves on the set for, you know... Uh, the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. And then maybe they did... Ben-Hur. The, and then they did all, all the Rush Hour films. Yeah. You know, and then since then, they don't work in it, but they're still part of the Academy for, mm. for you know, the Oscars for catering. And then he, he just gets, you know, a lot of, like, cinnamon scrolls. For your them. consideration. Yeah. <laughs> a little sample plate. Yeah. <laughs> or a little... It's like a little sample... Table so that you still get to 
pick yeah, yourself great. and like that. And maybe they're all just smaller versions of the foods. Little buffet. Mm. Uh, then we have uh, heaven is where good people can finally go and boast. Mm. Right, I think that's a good one. Lovely. Uh, discovered. Then the next one is we've discovered that there's a god, and then we test what he can and can't do, like with scientists, and uh, and then we can start like harnessing his power. <laughs> harnessing his power, or like we can start creating products that block his ability to look into our our minds and read our thoughts. And but then also we find out that he actually has lots of processing power and then we can harness the, the processing power of God's mind to to mine Bitcoin. Correct. And then there's the final one which is the church secretly knows that the son is actually the God but they don't want to tell us that because they don't want to let everybody know that he can't watch you when he's when it's nighttime and yeah. when you go to a house and all that kind of stuff. A lot of good stuff. Look, to be honest, there was that point in this episode where we came to a complete stop. Yeah. We, hit, we hit barrel bottom. And pretty much all the good stuff was after that. was right after that. So much like uh, you know, in people's lives, when you hit rock bottom, it's a launching off point to a much better life. That has consistently been what I've observed from people <laughs> who've hit rock bottom. No, but you know like how often like people who, who are artists who hit rock bottom, then they get all this credibility and then they get That's all true. these things like that. Well, when we hit rock bottom, we don't get credibility, but we got better ideas. Mm. You know, maybe because we got more life experience. We experienced failure, and then yeah. from that point, we were able to to leverage that experience <laughs> uh, for better ideas. Within the space of this podcast, we, and look at this, we, we descended we, into darkness and we emerged from it. And look, and in three sketches, we found God. Yeah, and it's not bad. And then we got an Oscar, and heaven. So there you go, <laughs> and a surprise. And <laughs> yeah, anyway, and then an addiction. Good on us. Hey, and we've got a show coming up at the Comedy Festival. Comedy Andy Festival. Matthews and Alistair Tremblay Virtual's sci-fi sketch experience. Yeah. There's going to be comedy in there. There's going to be comedy, and it's at 6.45 between the 28th of March and the 8th of April. You can buy tickets now. and They're very much available. They're very much available. They're and you selling, buy but there's more to be had. Yeah, they're selling, but there's still triple figures available. And we would love for some of your figures to fill those figures. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we no wait wait, and we're also on tu- on, on Twitter at Two and Tank. Oh yeah, and um, at Alistair TB. Oh, we didn't do the song, the outro song. Well, well, we'll do it, and then we'll say we'll we love it. you. Okay, I'm at Stupid Old Andy, uh, and you can find us on the Planet Broadcasting Network, and you can find us on Patreon. On Patreon, and, if you'd and like you can to support us. We really appreciate it. We've it's, got some wonderful supporters, and we love them a lot. And it's three bucks to to put in three word suggestions. Yeah, it's and heap. it's free to send us a suggested band name for George. Yeah, and you can give whatever money you want if yeah. you want. We're and still we're still heading towards the $100 that we're just going to give to George every month for editing the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, all the money that we got up until that point also goes to him. Yeah, everything it's that we It's not like <laughs> we'll give you $100 or nothing. No, 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 it's $100 a month he's going to get. Yeah. And, and oh wait, the song. I can't do it anymore. That's really good. It doesn't matter. And we love you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.